0: Good morning, and welcome back to
1: the All About Real Estate edition. I am your host Todd Schnick, joined by my co-host and friend Carol Morgan. Good morning, Carol. Looking forward to uh, this conversation. This is a gentleman who has never appeared on the show, but is someone you've known for a long, long time and have worked with before. Going to be a pretty interesting conversation. Let's get to it. We're joined this morning by Frank Wickstead. He's the managing partner of Jones Pierce Studios. Frank, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's good to have good morning, you. Tom. Good morning, Carol morning. We're glad to have you. Appreciate you making time to join us. know you're awfully busy, so thankful for uh, you swinging by and joining us this morning. Before we get into our conversation, Frank, take a few quick seconds. To tell us a bit about you and your background.
2: My background, academically, started as architect, moved into GC, always sort of did jobs in, in Through uh, summer jobs into college and that sort of thing. So always leaning more towards construction and um, soon after entering my professional career in design, moved to design build.
3: Well, talk to us a little bit more about Jones Pierce Studios. I know that's a little bit of a unique concept.
2: Yeah. So three years ago, I reached out to an old friend, Brian Jones, who leads an architecture firm, Jones Pierce Architects, and has for over 20 years and asked if he was interested in bolting on a construction or client representation division. And after a few conversations, we decided to proceed. So we partnered and I brought my past going from design into construction to what he has accomplished, having a great um, reputation in the design industry in Atlanta. So formed a design build firm. Outstanding. Well, I'm excited to hear about it. So I hear you talk a lot about projects that are sustainably
1: driven. Now, that conversation, we're having that more and more on the show over the last couple of
2: years. So it's obviously this time has come. But what do you mean when you talk about sustainably driven? I mean that as the benchmark. So years into my career, I found myself selling sustainability as a feature and selling, convincing clients to go in that direction. Well, when it came to value engineering, which will occur if you have a $3 million budget, you know, the prices, the first round pricing is going to come back at 3.5. It's just inevitable. <laughs> so where do you start cutting? And, you know, you wouldn't cut the cool AV, the cabinets you fall in love with, the tile. You're going to start with the sustainability feature. So I just started embedding that as our baseline. So it's not something we're going to talk about. It's You're not going to know that there's sort of that percentage of sustainability. It's something you're going to appreciate after the fact.
1: I imagine that's easier these days. I think people are actually looking for that
2: now, right? More so than than even a few years ago. Probably so. At least people understand the language. Yeah. Yeah. So they understand the, the full benefits. It's not just about the electricity bill.
3: Yeah. So you also talk about your projects being architecturally driven. Explain a little bit more about that to our listeners.
2: Based on the way we formed being, as I say, bolted onto an architecture firm, this isn't the typical, you know, and and my last firm was an iteration of this where it was basically a construction company that would hire architects. These are architects that have decided to build. So, you know, in the typical sort of whose voice is going to be heard when it comes to where are we going with this project outside of the client's eye is going to be who's going to have the loudest voice. Mm-hmm. And, and typically in a, in a typical design build firm, it's going to be the construction group saying that's going to be difficult. I don't know where we get that product. That's going to slow us down. I'm not sure of the benefit. It's going to be, uh, well, that's what we're doing. So that's what I mean by architecture. The design, the specifications come first.
3: Okay. That's interesting.
2: Mm -hmm. No doubt about it.
3: Definitely interesting.
2: So let's get into the fun stuff. Let's talk about
1: some actual projects. A number we want to talk about. I wish we had more time to go into some of these. These sound really, really cool. But lead us off. You've got to have a collaboration going with LG Square. So tell us about that project.
2: Yeah, so it's a uh, husband and wife architecture team, Chris and Jody Lommergiddon. and they have been around for quite a while. So, you know, going a little bit back into where Jones Pierce Studios has evolved from. We're started to attract people with the same frame of mind, people mm-hmm. that are going to be focused on their client and focused on sustainability and architecture. And the latest of these is this group LG Squared with Jody and Chris. So, our first collaboration with them is a home that is sort of at the upper echelon of sustainability. This is that unique client that is going to start with performance and then go back. So, based upon her fixed budget, she's going to stop at sustainability and then move to finishes. So, while the inside of her house may not be nearly as posh as a, t- a typical project, the features from a sustainability and HVAC standpoint are going to be sort of over the top. Mm. So um we recently you know for industry folks we tested the building envelope pre-drywall and we got a 0.121 ACH50 so that's how many air changes legal now with the current code is five air changes an hour that's five air changes an hour for the non-industry person, that means that as you cool your air, it's going to be replaced five times every hour. And this one, it's going to be less than one. And this is the tightest building envelope I've ever experienced. And so we're learning from this collaboration with Chris about how to make our already very good projects even better. So what's the downside to having air change more than five times? I mean, what help someone like
1: me who doesn't know what the heck you're talking about. Yeah, Explain what that what that really, really means and how it impacts
2: and improves the performance of the home. It's going to impact number one, your comfort. Mm. Number two, the cost of maintaining that home from a utility standpoint and from a maintenance standpoint. And it's going to affect the indoor air quality. So while this is basically a rubber glove put over a house, we will then mechanically introduce makeup or fresh air. But the fresh air that we introduce is going to be deep articulated and it's going to be dehumidified so that we control the humidity and we control what pollutants or lack of are introduced to the home.
3: Okay. That gets my attention. So I had the privilege of seeing this house yeah. and it's right now in the stage it's in, it's a little odd looking. It's, it's blue or is that green? I don't it's even know. Through. It's blue. It's blue. blue. So it's like, yeah. yeah, and it's kind of like <laughs> plasticky, smurfy looking and yeah. I think that it'd actually be really great if you could send a picture of it because we could put it in our notes on the blog so people could it. see it. But, Tell us what that product is and why and how it works as insulation and how it's not going to have typical standard insulation like most of us who are you know, yeah. listening to this show are familiar with.
2: So that's a product called PolyWall. There's a few paint-on or roll-on products out there that replace your traditional house wrap. And this is one that is our favorite. It's an expensive product, but it's a fairly easy product to install. And the results are just over the top as far as one coat and you are sealed. So, there are less expensive ways to get similar results, but this is the way to, you know, if you just want to nail it, this is what you use. And then having the insulation on the outside of the sheathing instead of inside the wall, basically in a traditional home, you have insulation broken every 16 inches by a stud. Yep. In this home, the thermal barrier will be continuous and unbroken around the entire exterior of the home. So, that thermal break is a place for convection to occur. So with the sun heating up the outside of the house, it will absorb through that two by four and emit through the drywall. And this is just another way to make it better. So we'll have four inches of rock wool on the outside of the sheathing, continuous around the entire building, and then no insulation in the cavities.
3: New American Funding is committed to delivering home loans on time while providing five-star service. Their 14 business day close guarantee And fully underwritten pre-approval gives you an unbeatable one-two punch impossible for sellers to ignore. For more information on New American Funding, call 678-898-3540. That's 678-898-3540. Yeah, so you've got the plastic-looking Smurf wall, and then you've got four inches of rock wool, which I think some of us have probably seen up in attics and stuff before, and then the
2: sheathing on and the then, house. Well, and then the siding. Siding, the, okay. Yeah, or wow. whatever your exterior treatment will be.
3: It's just so interesting. It's just not anything, you know. I had the pleasure of walking through the house. It's not anything I've ever seen before. So it's yeah, cool.
2: it'll uh, it'll be cool. You yeah, know, it's I, definitely I, I hope cool. to, we're to, in uh, a new day. That's for sure. Definitely
3: new. Well, we also had the opportunity to tour this really fantastic backyard with a pool and a cabana and a fire pit. Tell us about that.
2: So yeah, what we're sort of referred to in-house is sort of that resort backyard in-house. We refer to it as backyard fabulousness. It seems like the backyard is the new basement. So this was a project where we have a louvered section over a seating area and It's a manufactured product where once the system senses rain, the louvers close automatically and are able to drain rain around a trenched gutter system. So it's open to the sun and then closed as shade. And then it's a large pavilion. But the interesting thing there is, again, we're going to try to sneak in sustainability, (laughs) is that the solar tax credit that's in effect now allows a tax credit of 28% of the total cost of the solar array, the battery backup, and whatever structure holds up the array as long as it's open on three sides. And this pavilion is open on four sides, so it counts. Well, the pavilion itself was rather expensive. A solar array is not something that the client asked for, but when you add the cost of the array and the pavilion and you take 28% of it, they in effect got the array for free. So, they either paid for an array or they paid that same amount to taxes. So, that's how we were able to convince, you know, this individual that could have probably cared less. (laughs) (laughs) And and now they're experiencing 25% of their overall load being handled by the solar array.
3: Yeah. So, they're saving 25% on their energy costs. That's right. Which is a huge benefit to them that they didn't even think about.
2: It wasn't in anticipation, but it's an added benefit. Yeah.
3: And that solar tax credit only goes through 2020 right now. Is that correct? Uh,
2: it takes a significant dive on the residential side after 2020 so it was 30% last year it's 28% and now or 26 carol i'm sorry okay, i have to okay. check yeah. i think it's actually 26 in 2020 and it lowers even more next year oh, there's there's a potential if there's a new administration that it would be um, kept around Okay, but we'll see. Hmm.
3: We'll see what happens there.
2: Yep. Gosh, uh, a bunch of other projects I'd love to hear
1: about, but uh, understand you got something cool going on into your own house. Tell us about that.
2: Yeah, I, you know, as someone in construction, you know, it would be smart if I built and sold a new home every year, but I don't. I'm somebody that sort of needs a sense of place, so it's not something I do very often. But I am in the beginning stages of doing that once again. It's funny, you know, you go when you convert from the uh, architect GC to the client. You start making the same mistakes, you know, right out of the gate, you know, like already in the preliminary plan. It's more square footage than I want. I should do it more often just to sort of humble myself back to what the experience is like for the client. But it's, you know, what I, I'd love to have the poly wall and the four inches right. of, of rock wall, but I don't know that I'll be able to afford it, honestly. Yeah. So I'll have to have something between that and the typical code assembly.
3: So what does that... I guess, again, what does that look like? So, we all kind of are familiar with typical code, or I guess we think we are. And then you've got this completely high-end sustainable house. You know, once you add the things in the middle, what are the things you would be looking to add?
2: So, instead of four inches of insulation on the outside, I'll add one inch of insulation on the outside. And I'll probably do that with the product that's manufactured in Georgia by Huber called, that's that's a zip system. It's R-Zip. So, it has insulation added to the exterior. So you maintain that thermal break around the entire exterior of the building, but then I'll also add a blown insulation in the wall cavity in addition Mm -hmm. to thermal break around the exterior. So that will not give me the same results as the home we're building with LG squared, but it'll be substantially better than code.
3: It'll be interesting to see what that air exchange rate is when you test it, because I know you'll test it.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'll still be shooting for zero.
3: Yeah, so cool.
2: (laughs) I understand you're also...
1: Uh, affiliated with Georgia Tech, Uh, what's happening there?
2: So for the uh, last four years, I've been an adjunct professor there in the uh, College of Design School of Building Construction. And I approached the school, uh, you know, in in conversation with someone that's within the faculty, I mentioned that I might like to teach as a retirement. And about a year later, they came back and said that they had a class, would I consider it? And I took the opportunity and I've run with it ever since. I love it. It sort of feels like giving back, but at the same time, I remain student and it, has me doing research that I wouldn't otherwise do to mm. sort of keep me on my toes in a classroom full of super bright students that I'm supposed to stay ahead of. <laughs> so finding the best product, the best methods, best means, and then that bleeds back into my um, professional practice.
3: Yeah, that's great. That is so cool. So talk a little bit about how you're able to give the students hands-on real-world experience and what they're working on this, I think, this spring.
2: Yeah, so all of my classes are under an overlay that Georgia Tech embraces called SLS or serve, learn, sustain. And you have to meet certain criteria to, to be considered an SLS course. So you have to have a service component, learning component, sustainability component. Well, in my industry and with what I do, the sustainability component is fairly easy. Right. The service component is about planting seeds in who will be young developers. What are those lines you're not going to cross, you know, to make a profit One of the classes I teach is an ethics course for real estate development. And it sort of deals with that pendulum swing between sustainability and quality and profitability. And where are you going to land in the middle? Because you're not always going to choose the four-inch rock wool, Right. Because then you won't make any money, especially in a speculative situation. So where are you going to land and what lines aren't you going to cross? And are you going to do what the industry norm is, especially right now, which is to build big, beautiful garbage
3: <laughs> Tell us how you really feel.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're sort of an all-time all low in construction standards mm-hmm. right now. And I, I would say that's true nationwide just with that sort of boom creates. Really what you have to do to sell a house right now is finish it. And there's really no reason to differentiate. Yeah. And I think, you know, that that's, we saw this at the last recession when everybody jumped on the sort of sustainability bandwagon right at the end when there was this right. real need to differentiate your product. And it seems to be happening again where you'll start to see people touting this stuff, you know, in a marketing sort of way. Right.
3: Right. Well, it seems to all be about energy efficiency, which I think is what builders are touting more than green or sustainable because Mm. that affects the homeowners pocketbooks. But it does, you know, maybe if the house cost a little bit more and a little more of these sustainable practices were implemented, they could save even more money.
2: They certainly could. And, uh, you know, the big thing is maintaining the home and the cost of replacing items that fail. Um,
3: Yeah, like every window in my house.
2: (laughs) It's the little things, you know, it's the the little things Uh that would have taken another six hours that probably, well, not in your case. Right. That was was definitely a manufacturer defect. But how you install these items can double the life. Yeah. Or, you know, if if speed and cost is your um, highest priority, the product is always going to. Paid price.
3: I just mm. think it's fascinating. I think these discussions, you know, the, the more you're in the industry and the more you hear and the more you're involved, you know, there's lots of talk about sustainability. There's lots of talk about, you know, building a healthier house and keeping it from admitting all those VOCs. So, you know, the house can be sustainable, but still mm. be full of all sorts of pollutants.
2: It can. And that's the danger, you know, as I'm entering this world of zero air changes an hour and introducing mechanically ventilated, dehumidified situation. This is when you have to pay even more attention to what products you're going to put in the home, whether mm-hmm. it's a vinyl or carpet that may off gas or what paint you use or what polymer may be in the particle board in the cabinetry. It, it all adds up to a situation where you had 20 air changes an hour, which maybe it's typical. Now you're in a situation where those compounds might condense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, same thing for in situations like carbon monoxide and radon. Right situations where a house would have ventilated quite often, Right now they won't. But in our homes, they are going to be ventilated. It's just going to be by design, not by default.
3: Right. So does that mean it's more important to include those monitors in the homes that are more tightly sealed? I mean, would you automatically put a radon monitor or carbon monoxide monitor in that home? Or I think
2: you? everybody should, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, definitely, because the idea of having a tight home is sort of becoming common language. Right. But the idea of introducing mechanical ventilation is, is in its infancy, and that's unfortunate. Those should be hand-in-hand. Hand-in-hand. Yeah, that
3: makes a lot of sense. Okay. All
2: right. Well, we're way beyond time. so we
1: got to <laughs> wrap this one up, Frank. Before we let you go, should anyone uh, need to connect with you and learn more about Jones
2: Pierce, where do they go? Check out the website, jonespierce.com. The office number is 404-688-1050, and they can reach out to me directly at frank at com. That's J-O-N-E-S-P-I-E-R-C-E.com. Frank Wick said, managing partner of Jones Peer Studios. Frank, a real pleasure to have you. Thanks again for
1: stopping by and joining us. Definitely, Todd. Thank you. All right. Well, that wraps this week's All About Real Estate edition. On behalf of our show sponsor, New American Funding, my co-host, Carol Morgan. I am Todd Schnick. It's all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning in and listening. And we look forward to seeing you again right here tomorrow. We'll see you then.
0: Atlanta Real Estate Forum Radio is sponsored by New American Funding and made possible by Denim Marketing, the publisher of Atlanta Real Estate Forum, Atlanta's favorite source for real estate and home building news.